Welcome to Cosmic Explorations Podcast, curated by the cosmos, narrated by Veva Cristina. Hello! Exploring the universe in and of us through a cosmic storytelling of astrology. In Cosmic Explorations, we like to play with an embodied invocation of the zodiac energies through your incarnation and therefore a unique earthly manifestation of the higher consciousness. Your energetic blueprint is a masterful mosaic of all of these energies. So I want to welcome you to this cheeky journey of sensual shadow play as we claim our liberated authentic expression through expanded pleasure and playful embodiment as a new default for living and loving. Welcome to Cosmic Explorations Podcast. Thank you for being here. If you find yourself in the tunes for the first time, I'm so happy to welcome you. And if you've been riding this cosmic wave with me for a while, fucking epic. Ah. <laughs> this is potentially one of the most fun podcast episodes I have ever recorded. But it comes with a bit of a caution and disclaimer. The sound is possibly the most terrible it has ever been. Not possibly, definitely. <laughs> it feels like the episode was recorded in a tunnel. And the truth is, it was kind of recorded in a bunker. <laughs> this episode came about in such a beautifully spontaneous way. <laughs> In the spirit of Sagittarius season, which is when we recorded it, I randomly bumped into one of the most epic humans that I know on planet Earth right now, my good friend Bodhi, who I met in Sweden a year and a half ago when we were both volunteering at this community called Ansbaka. And he just appeared in front of me at a kirtan in Bali. I had no idea he was here. He was literally just passing by for two days on his way to Australia. And it was the most magical meeting. And then we met up the next day and had the most nourishing and fulfilling conversation as always with soul family members. And it just hit us like we should record a fucking podcast episode. <laughs> but he was literally flying the next day. And so before going to the airport in the morning, he came by and yeah, we recorded this beautiful conversation. However, in the good Sagittarius spirit of not giving much fuck, but just being in for the adventure, <laughs> the technology part suffered. Unknowingly, the quality of this recording is extremely bad, but please bear with me. This is actually a beautiful invitation for deep listening and presence. So often we just do things on the go and quickly and half present here, half present there, but nowhere really. So I would love to invite you into intentionality to take this hour in a day, like it's really not that much when you think about it, to be present with us and hang out in this cosmic space of love and exploration <laughs> really an invitation to create this intentional time and space and practice 
focus, which now that I'm releasing this in Capricorn season, it is dark winter days, at least for you, I'm in Bali, I'm having <laughs> summer, <laughs> always, um, <laughs> but truly, um, can you be present for it? Are you willing to choose this? Can you find that commitment and devotion that Capricorn season, which is when I'm releasing this podcast episode, is inviting us into to nourish these parts of us? I truly feel like the medicine that is brought through with this funky episode, it's, <laughs> it's just the sweetest. You know, Bodhi is such an epic human, a unique body worker, an amazing fellow astrologer, a wild meditator, and also a podcaster. And we go deep into his experience with meditation that took him on time travel experiences and spending 29 days in the dark room basically allowing himself to go insane, taking all of his senses away, meeting his spirit guides in the most adorable and cheeky ways. He's such an amazing storyteller that truly takes you on a journey, experiencing life through that attitude of innocence. Mm. You know, we tap into the concept of self-dismantling and what it means to go beyond the form, beyond identification, beyond the shame, even around sexuality, around drugs. You know, we talk about ketamine as a medicine and how psychedelics can support your love for sobriety. <laughs> it is definitely a cheeky episode that also goes into what it means to plant seeds for a new culture and how we can and perhaps are living it already. If you listen to part two, no, part one, actually part one was part two, because after recording this episode that you're tuning in right now, we recorded another one to have a better audio. But this one was just so juicy that I feel like I need to do its service and give it a chance to, to come to life and touch those who are meant to vibe with it, no matter the fucking quality, you know? Um, there is such a different level of quality in this conversation that I just feel like needs to meet life. <laughs> And so in Bodhi's devotion to birthing a new culture that supports people to be naked and express their emotions and be in their bodies, embrace their sexuality and love for themselves deeply, I invite you to jump into this yummy portal with us. Hi, Bodhi. <laughs> <laughs> we are sitting here at the little studio in the middle of Ubudian jungle in Bali. Wow. And we just bumped into each other at a kirtan a few nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> Met up for some coconuts and decided to record a podcast. How wonderful. Here we are. Ooh, 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 sha, sha, sha. And I just ask you a question, what is the archetype or deity that you connect to the most and how that would describe you? Um, and I would love for you to share with all of us, if that's okay. Yeah, I walked through a couple 
And it got, like, I think it probably got, like, increasingly mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, circling around the brain. And it was like, oh, yeah, sometimes, like, the magician I really connect to. Mm. Um, or the wizard. I think the wizard's the even wizard. sharper there. Um, and, then, and then I took a step towards, like, and then, then like, there's the fool. I definitely have a fool. Like, me. Just doing ridiculous things. Um, and then we got, like, a step closer. Like, there's an entertainer there, too, that comes up sometimes. Um, but then I was looking at a, a list of a bunch of different archetypes, and they had, like, a clown, a jester, and a court jester. And it felt like, actually, the court jester was, like, the sharpest. Mm. Which was, there's something about the court jester that it's, like, the king appointed that jester mm-hmm. to, it's, like, in service of mm-hmm. bringing light to where there's darkness, and not in a sense of like, oh, bringing light to the darkness, but it's like, mm. like making light of things that are painful yeah. to be able to digest them. Yeah. Oh, okay, we talking, yeah? <laughs> and this is actually such a beautiful intro that leads into how we met, mm. um, which was last summer, 2021, in Sweden at Ansbach, this community space where we were both volunteering. And I just opened up my phone to double check how I have you saved in my phone. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> it's Bodhi, the space station of love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how that came about was that I went to a guided meditation that you mm. um, facilitated. And it was guiding us into death. And it's exactly what you kind of brought through right now that love in the darkness, that sparks that come from womb, the void almost. And how in that meditation, I remember so strongly, you guided us to refuel in the cosmic station of love <laughs> as you journey through lifetimes. And I think that very beautifully actually describes your essence, the way I experience it. Um, and as we were kind of leading into, okay, what do we want to talk about with this uh, podcast conversation, knowing that you are a strong Sagittarius, yeah. which is the light through which we are um, dancing through right now. It was kind of taking us on that adventurous journey of hmm, embodying more of the truth, but in a very spontaneous and playful way. Yeah. And I wonder how has that been in your life for the past few years? Yeah, this is a, first of all, I just really appreciate you sharing. I totally forgot about um, <laughs> this. was a really nice meditation. It this was. Really nice meditation. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. The last couple of years, specifically, I, I was living in Israel for about 10 years, mm-hmm. and then it just felt time to leave. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to go look for a new home, and uh, that actually wasn't what was happening. I thought I, I was like, on the shore, and I'm like getting on my boat to like find a new shore, and then maybe like a year and a half in, I'm just floating in the ocean, and I was like, oh, there was no other shore. Mm. I like, and I probably wouldn't have left if I would have known that. Wow. Right. So it's like I've noticed sometimes the like the value of signing up for an adventure that I didn't realize was happening is really supportive to get me out. Yeah, it's that fool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go for a dot dot dot. And uh, I mean, this even happened. I had a really powerful psychedelic experience a couple weeks ago on ketamine. Uh-huh. And uh, this is a new, a new, I'm gonna say medicine or like friend, a new mm-hmm. friend I'm working with. Wow. Um, 
that I'm learning a lot about in very small experiences. And when I say small experiences, what I mean is I like sign up for a day hike. I'm like, oh yeah, ketamine, like people are talking about it. I did some research. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought I was going for a day hike, and it was actually like I got like five steps in on the hike, and I'm like, this is a fun hike. <laughs> You know, oh. and I turned around, my car's like smashed, like a, a boulder fell in my car, and I was like, well, I'm already on the journey, and it's time to go. Oh. So uh, having said that, like, I was, uh, I went into a very, like, very intentional space with a very dear friend that we closed the door and made a three-hour playlist and uh, put an eye mask on and just laid down a like, mm. like, journeying. And um, we were like, okay, she's like, it'll be probably about an hour and a half. Experience and I was like, well, I'm in a three-hour playlist. We'll just like, hop <laughs> and then like four and a half hours into the journey, I'm like, Jordan, we're pretty deep still. Like, it's just like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, like, and at the end of this journey, which ended up being like six and a half hours, and incredibly profound, like one of the most profound days of my life. Mm. Um, we both laughed. At the realization that, like, wow, if we would have known this was what we were setting up for, we probably wouldn't have done it. Right. And I'm even saying this now, like, the value of the fool, which is a big part of Sagittarius, too. It's just yeah. like throwing something up and see what sticks. Yes. <laughs> um, and a lot of the magic that happens in my life is due to trusting. Mm. Like, literally just, like, jumping off a cliff and being like, maybe I'll die or maybe I'll float. And like, it's okay. Maybe you'll fly. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, there's a chance I'll fly. Um, so two things are coming up as you're saying this. Like, one is definitely that Sagittarius as, um, aspect of when you said ketamine, something in me moved. Mm. It's like, oh, a drug. Like, the perception of what we usually know about these substances. Absolutely. But like, the Sagittarius spirit in it that wants the truth and wants to experience it firsthand. It's like, but there's more to it going to the essence, what is the potential here? And I think this is such a beautiful, again, an entry into any kind of situation. And the second, what you're saying about the innocence, which I know is a theme in your human design, as well as mine, of how can we look at everything through the eyes of this curiosity without attachment to the end goal, the end result. Although you do have a strong Capricorn in your chart as well with North Node, so there has to, like, I wonder what is that aspect of tangibility, practicality, structure that you seek through your experiences? This is a great, this is, okay, these are like two great, <laughs> two great things. Hey, Sagittarius, abundance. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad we, many Jennies, are able to, like, keep up. Okay, this, this, this. I really love what you said in this first point around like the deeper essence, mm -hmm. which is funny because I've also found that the, the value, it's like, there's nothing that has supported me in my love for sobriety more than psychedelics. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no one ever told me that. <laughs> you know, I like get back from a trip, a psychedelic trip, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm home. Right. I love this planet. I love being alive in this consciousness, and I didn't, I didn't have that gratitude until I could step out of it. Right. And I, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's like, how many things do I have judgments, or how does the collective have judgments about that? Is there's actually gold there? Mm, mm. Um, I mean, why is the judgment in the first place? What created the judgment of the gold that is hidden inside? Like I'm imagining collectively, it's like, why are 
I'm speaking specifically around, let's say, like our plant medicines or psychedelics, yeah. which is like, like freedom of thought exploration. It's like yeah. these are scary things for people who want control. And I'm not trying to get into like um, political yeah, conversation. Yeah, I'm like this is not that. <laughs> what it is is like, um, wow, there's like there's so much value in exploration, in the innocent exploration of things that yeah. I have judgment about. Mm. Um, Hmm, I love that because what is coming up for me in this is also that so often we hold on into exploration for the things that, not that they have a dead end, but they keep running in loops. And what I'm hearing from you is like, oh, but what is that further? What is behind the loop? So that we don't necessarily need to go into the things that are not working, but just come with an openness of, Oh, but what else is in there? What's here? How can I explore it differently than I have before? Right. And approach things in my life, even that I'm doing every day, even yeah. my routine. How can I approach that differently? Virgo rising. It's <laughs> like, not routine too. Yes. But it's like I have a routine every day that's like I have 30 minutes in the morning of unstructured body movement time. Mm. You know, so it's like sometimes I'll do yoga, sometimes I'll do yeah. qigong, sometimes I'll just whatever. Yeah. Shake. Yes. And it's like the value of structure and the value of nothingness. Mm. Um, it's like water in a glass. Mm. But it's interesting what you shared around the Capricorn and what I've noticed. It's been three and a half years where it's almost like... I'm just like my energy has been spread wide and what that means is I've been all around the world many times. Mm. Um, and that's like the courage was taking there. I couldn't have stopped if I tried. There were times where I'm like, okay, I'll stay here for a minute. And the universe is like, no, no, no. like keep going. Um, but what I started seeing is the desire to spiral around. So the way I'm imagining this is there's like rhythmic time, which is the cycle of the year. Uh-huh. And then there's like linear time, which is like the years deep. Ooh. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, right. seven. Right? So I'm creating like a circle and then a hand going through the circle. I'm noticing you're pointing down even with a spiral. I wonder why. Yeah, and I guess it's like a digging deeper. Right. You know, and it's funny because in some ways there's also like a collecting energy up. Right. Um, but it's like <laughs> deepening into it. It's almost like anchoring. Yes, that's a great way. To, that's a... That's <laughs> Holding hands. <laughs> it's amazing it was an 11.27. Oh, wow, right. Um, anchoring. But, but I guess the, the desire of the Capricornian piece is to build energy mm-hmm. while still diversifying as a Sagittarius. Mm. So it's like, oh, I'll go to these three communities every year, mm-hmm. and then over time, I'll become more embedded in these communities, but I still have three places that I move to. So right. there's this movement that's happening, and traveling and exploration, while at the same time, there's a sense of like... Containers that can hold you almost. Perfect example. Yeah, okay, beautiful. I would love to ask you more about like this adventurous, truth-seeking experience um uh, I don't want to say I want to say what I want to say say whatever you I want to say eternal for life yeah that's a nice way to say where has it guided you over the past few years what have been some of like the most significant experiences that you perhaps entered with that you know like childlike curiosity of not knowing but you know some part of you must have known yeah great Okay, so 
Let's say like it's, it didn't start. Let's say it all started. Um, <laughs> let's say we'll start. <laughs> um, I was in the um, I was in the Israeli military for a couple of years, and then after the military, you go to travel. This was like part of part of. I mean, I guess Israel was the first place. Mm. I was living in the United States as a kid, and mm-hmm. I felt that I could not. It was very difficult for me to connect deeply with others in mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. It's a really materialist culture, and I found it really difficult to connect very deeply. When I was 16, I visited Israel, fell in love with mm. this culture. There's so much depth there and richness. So I wanted to go be Israeli. Mm-hmm. And what that means is like learning the language, um, joining the army is an initiation process that every Israeli does. I mean, there was this whole, I think that was like one aspect. That was like when Sagittarius opened. Mm, where right. it's like, okay, I'm not imprisoned anymore. And How old were you? 18. Okay. So it was like, I'm free. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Um, which I didn't know at the time, right? Like, I didn't know the, the gravity of my decision at the mm-hmm. time, but basically that opened up many, many, many things, which led me eventually after the army to Vipassana. Mm-hmm. This was huge. Um, Vipassana is a 10-day silent meditation retreat where you're, you know, silent and meditating, mostly. It's like 11 hours a day. Unless you're crying. Unless you're crying. <laughs> um, and... That was really profound for me. A year later, I did another one, and then over the course of the next couple of years, I ended up doing like six or seven. Mm-hmm. After like the last one, it was like, okay, it's time to do something. It's there's something deeper. Mm-hmm. So then I um, through a long series of very ridiculous events, <laughs> like I like met a medicine man and did like took bufo and it's like a really powerful um, entheogen uh, medicine, Thai medicine. And after that, I realized I was stepping into like a deeper stage of my shamanic journey and went and sat in a dark room mm. for 29 days. 29 <laughs> days? I heard people drop out after half a day or a day and a half. What? <laughs> this was probably one of my most powerful adventures. Wow. That I have had in many, in some ways. I'm curious, where did that take you? What was the experience like? So there's one really nice story. I mean, there was a lot of things. I learned that I used to attribute my emotional states heavily to my environment. Mm-hmm. And then in, in a place where there was no environment, essentially, mm. because it's a pitch black room where there's nothing happening other than me, mm. um, there were still times where I was really angry. There were still times where I was really sad, right. where I was really happy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I realized like everything's changing anyway. Always. But something else that really... I wanted to allow myself to go insane, consciously. Mm. Like, I don't have to show up for anyone here. I have 29 days where I like, don't have to do anything. I don't have to pretend to be sane. Let's see what insanity has to offer. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is big. This is big for me. Um, and about 10 days in, I'm like, every night, I'm like, the Gayatri mantra, you know, I'm like, 100 day times, I'm meditating for like 7 or 8 hours a day, I'm doing like a yogi thing, yeah? Right. And after 10 days, I took, <laughs> I took a little bit of acid, I brought acid in with me, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have this opportunity, you know? I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever sit in a dark room again, I might as well go deep. Um, and I had this profound breakthrough, which was like, what are you, are you trying to get, like, enlightened? Right. Like, what does that even fucking mean? What was the goal? Yeah, I mean, why? And it's like, dude, like, you can, you don't have to do the diatribe about a hundred eight times. Like, you don't have to, like, mm. can this just be an experience where you have fun? <sighs> like, what would it look like just to have a really fun time here? Mm. 
And then a lot of things started changing. I started, I had a little guitar with me, I started playing guitar every day, and like singing, like, and singing for like two or three hours, and I was singing like rap songs from when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, like Biggie Smalls, I mean, it was like, at the time I like, like, don't go chasing waterfalls, you know what I mean, for like an hour, in this dark room in Bali, and it was, it was, and it was amazing, and then, and this one day, this little guy, I'm like laying on my back, and this little creature unzips the darkness, steps through, zips it back up, oh. and he's like a little martini glass oh. with little legs. And he's like translucent, and he's got like a cherry with a uh, sword uh-huh. through it. And he like, <laughs> I'm like, hello. <laughs> and he kind of kneels down, and he like, as if he's offering me the cherry. And I'm like, should I call you cherry? He's like, call me Shirley. Hello, <laughs> Shirley. Like, the spirit god of cherries. <laughs> and he sits down and he goes, like, Bodhi, can I tell you something? It's <laughs> like, yeah. Cherry. Yeah, please. He's like, a lot of your life you've been trying to prove what's real and what's not real. Mm-hmm. What's right. What's, what's like, yeah, what's real. He's like, you're wasting your time. He's like, if it's useful, use it. If it's not, then don't. I was like, that's really useful. Little <laughs> martini, man. Do you want to be my spirit? One of my spirit guides this is my first spirit guide. He's like, yeah. Which really, like, when I say, do you want to be my spirit guide, what I really mean is, do you want to hang out more? Right. Oh. You know, hello, creature that doesn't have a body, which, like, normally I would be judging, but now, for some reason, I feel really close to you. How do you see spirit guides? What what do they represent to you? Like homies. Yeah. Friends. Like friends that... And it's funny because a lot of people are calling your spirit guides so they can guide you on this journey. And it's just like, what, do you ever hang out with them without trying to ask for something? Mm. This is a big thing. Like all my little... I have little creatures. Most of them are cartoons. Most of my spirit guides look like cartoons. Mm. And what I've been trying to do is take more time to just spend time with them. Which is like, can you imagine you like everyone has that friend that calls when they need something, and that's I don't know like not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, I just felt like it's a dependence. That's what's coming up for me. Yeah, and not that there's anything necessarily wrong with dependence. We are creatures that depend upon so many things, Um, but yeah, it is transactional of what you're saying, and I love that cosmic saggy party coming into the play of like my spirit guides are cartoons <laughs> yeah. and i love because in a way i see them just like an aspect of life an aspect of you yeah um and through them we get to play with life even more and expand and sometimes i feel like because you're like what are you trying to prove i feel like oftentimes this light spiritual concept of the higher truth and light cities almost pressure a little bit and try to fit us into a certain form of how spirituality is supposed to look. And I love how you embody like such a variety of play. Like this is a divine fucking play. I get to rap on my <laughs> bitches and feel deeply connected to God, spirit, whatever you want to connect to. It is that. It's like, turns out God was everywhere in the 
Turns out guys are in a strip club too. Uh, and it's like, what is, yeah, what is what does life look like if the universe is in peace? It's like where there is no hierarchy, where there is like there is no difference between sacred and profane, other than maybe the realization that everything's sacred. Right. You know, it's like it's like without the realization that everything is sacred, profane is the thing. And it's not like this can also be used as a spiritual bypassing thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I can just do whatever I want and it's sacred. Mm-hmm. And I like that's probably a trap or temptation, but it's like, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about doing whatever I want. It's about recognizing that, like, that there's holiness and everything is part of it. Yes. That God is also a kinky motherfucker. You know, <laughs> that's my mantra. That's my <laughs> highest truth, honestly. Seriously, I say this all the time. And it brings so much permission to allow ourselves to play, yeah. and that's at the core of it. Um, so I wonder, how did that dark room play take you further with Shanti? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> what I was playing with a lot in there, okay, so I had a couple of years ago, I was in Australia, and I was on my way to a place called the Krishna Village, mm-hmm. and on my way there, I'm driving, I'm running a little bit late, and I'm like, I was stressing a little bit, I'm driving the car, I'm mm-hmm. stressing, I'm like, I'm going to be late. Um, and then there was just this moment where I heard this voice. It was just like, hey, man, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. Mm. You're going to get a rough time. Don't worry. About this. <laughs> it's Bob Marley. <laughs> In the future, past, like, whatever, it's the same. Um, it's a loop. So I'm, um, anyway, so I'm like, I felt this huge relaxation. Whatever, fast forward two hours, I get there, everything's fine, go figure, mm. hashtag always. Mm. And two weeks later, I'm in a yoga class at the Krishna village. Mm-hmm. I'm laying down for Shavasana for corpse pose at the end of this class. And all of a sudden, I'm like laying, and my consciousness somehow gets like pulled out of my body and teleported back to that moment two weeks ago. Uh. Except I'm above my body driving. And I see that like... Bodhi is having a hard time, he's stressed out, and I'm just like, hey man, don't worry, I'm already here, you're good. And I felt this huge relaxation, and I got chills all over my body in the yoga class, I'm like, holy shit, the me, it was me, it was me now, that talked to me then. So this is the first experience, maybe let's say like embodied, ironically, embodied experience or first-hand experience I ever had, but something I would, I would... I call time travel. Right. You know, which is it's like, oh, my body is actually attached to the present moment, but my the rest of me isn't necessarily. Mm. Um, so I actually that was a couple of years before the dark room, and I actually when I was in the dark room got to experiment with that a lot more, mm. took a lot more time to sit and meditate. And at the beginning of a meditation, I would just ask any version of my past self that needed me. Anyone who needs me, like I'm, I'm, I'm available right now. Right. And then this like 13 year old version of myself that like just like discovered pornography and was like watching like porn in the living room, and my parents got home and he was like hiding behind the you know the TV because he was scared. Pulled me back and I sat with him and I was like, hey, dude, okay. I love you. You're discovering your body, you know, all of these things. And even though it's like. I was still carrying his timeline, which was like shame around sexuality, like fear of getting caught, touching myself, whatever, Mm -hmm. all of these things. So 
Yeah, and a lot more time to play with uh, stepping into the past and the future and working working with those timelines to create more like cleanness in the now. That makes sense. Mm. That was that was deep. That that was awesome. Whew. Wow. Wow. I wonder how you see that experience influencing the big moments that came after and guiding you in your path forward. Well, it's funny, a couple of days, a couple of days before I finished the dark room, I started seeing snakes everywhere. Like in my in nothing, <laughs> in my hallucination, whatever you're like, in, in the non-material world, I started having dreams about snakes. Like, I was laying with hundreds of snakes around me, and I just, like, kind of relaxed into it, and I had this kind of grin on my face, where I was like, I don't want this guy, are you coming? And uh, actually, only two days after the dark room finished, um, the medicine man I had previously sat with, um, and messaged him and said, do you have any ayahuasca ceremonies? And he's like, yeah, we have one tomorrow, but it's full. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let me know. <laughs> and then like an hour later, he's like, someone dropped out, you're in. Um, so I'd say like in some degree, there's been like a, a deeper, deeper, deeper letting go of the way my life needs to look, of, of any judgment that comes around anything, really. Like it's, it's funny, the irony is like at, at the end of my life, the only, it's like the only thing that could have somehow tainted my experience is my own judgment or shame around what I was doing. Mm. That like my, the shame that I had like around the fool was like that I wasted my life. That I never built anything, that I never contributed to society. Mm. And so there are times where that will come up and I'll sit with me on my deathbed and I will have imagined a life where I never created anything. I just wandered around and explored stuff. Mm. And I'll check in with me on my deathbed and be like, hey, was that okay? And he's like, yeah, you lived a great life. Mm. This one wasn't about building anything. <sighs> and then there's a deep easefulness that comes in for me to be able to accept what's happening right now. You know, what's coming up is, I, I'm not able to open up your chart right now, because none of the functions are working. Mm -hmm. But I am remembering a lot of it. And... What I remember is your north node is in the fourth house in Capricorn, mm -hmm. which I would imagine gives you a little bit of that pressure that something needs to be created. But in the fourth house, your creation is in your deepening, in your rooting into your personal truth and more of who you truly are. And that, that comes about through exploration. <laughs> what a beautiful interpretation. Hmm. Yeah, which is like that's And that's your life's work in a way. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like to explore my inner to to be able to root deeper. Yeah. Which is interesting because after Shadow Witch when I was twenty eight, it felt like I dropped an octave. Like the way I explained to people is like I incarnated harder. Oof. I'm like more incarnated and I wish someone at the beginning of my life would have said, you know, just a heads up, it'll take you about thirty years to really incarnate. Mm -hmm. Like before then you're just kinda trying to figure out not, not that I'm still not trying to figure out what's going on, but there's at least the ability to, to listen to my body a little bit deeper, mm -hmm. to have more of a relationship with the world around me, mm -hmm. has taken at least 30 years. Mm -hmm. To release also the pressure of timelines, right? Like, 
I know you speak astrology too, and I love that you're pointing this out because in astrology, basically before you finish your Saturn return, you're still a fucking baby. Yeah. You're and like up until 27 ish, I'm just not experiencing my lunar return. Yeah. You know, it's only up until this point that like I'm, we're still not actually in touch with all of the emotional pieces of our body, um, <laughs> and. Especially for like line three, line six people in human design, it takes even bigger cycles. But it just has to say to it's really an attunement and the attitude that we embody going into this experience of life, which is highly individual. Yeah. Which is like some people, yeah, like you said, some people take more time to incarnate. Yeah. Some people take that, and it's like, especially Capricorn. He's a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I heard Capricorn's like a like a turkey or like a fine wine. Fine wine, turkey. You know, like a turkey that you leave it all day, and at the end of the day, it's like ah, oh, there it is. We don't take it out of the oven before it's ready. Right. I'm a vegan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would know anything about it. Um, what? <laughs> like tempeh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but there's yeah, fermentation even. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which it's funny because it's all pointing to the same thing, which is like, how can I love myself in my journey without looking to the outside to orient? Mm. How can I learn to orient from a different place? I want to dig into this a little bit more. I love hearing your stories. You're such a great storyteller. So, <laughs> I would like to hear about this through more of your life experiences of how. Did you refine this ability to not look on the outside? Like, what were some of the initiations that happened throughout it? And what does that even mean? Yeah. It's interesting. I recently spent uh, time in a community in Portugal called Tamara, and they have um, a course I was telling you about the other day called Forum, but really mm -hmm. the course is about self dismantling. Mm. This it's funny to say this, but it's like this is a passion of mine. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> like, oh, <who's? laughs> what are you even talking about? Dismantling. <laughs> it's also Pisces moon. Yeah, that's where it is. It's no form. And it's that's it. It's like so. This is a good question. I don't know when it started, but there's always been a fascination of mine of um, yeah, going beyond the form. Yeah. Which is like, it's like, who am, I, who am I really? That's just a big saggy question, too. What's really happening here? Yeah. And I, the irony is like, on planet Earth, it's like, I'm doing two things at one time, which is like, navigating reality, while at the same time trying to figure out what is even reality. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool, I know how to like, drive a car, but like, where even are we? <laughs> where am I driving? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and you have to do two at the same time. I read a book by a beautiful, beautiful teacher, Adya Shanti, mm -hmm. and he speaks about this. He says, like, there's lots of knowledge that you can have, but it's always in the context of not knowing. Mm. And I love with the Sagittarius wisdom that asks the big questions and goes, like, into the higher knowledge and beyond the mental, like, the higher knowledge, it, it's a fire sign. It's not an air sign connected to the mind. Yeah, it's the experience. What's that fire? 
Yeah, the experience. It's like going for it's having it, which is crazy because it's like I feel like Sagittarius in so many ways is embodied experience. Mm. I don't really know until my body's moved through it. Mm. It hits a deeper layer. Mm. And someone said something so beautiful, it's like I trust the person who's made a mistake over the highest theoretical knowledge. <sighs> you know, it's like Ah uh, yeah. So okay, so having said all of this, I went through this this course recently, but it's like, okay, I've had lots of experiences where I've been try, like, trying somehow to actively go beyond who I think I am, <laughs> to like disidentify, <laughs> right? Or like step beyond identification or step out of identification. And through this course, we would step into other characters. So for example, one thing I use, they use a lot of acting and they would ask us, okay, whatever you as a person struggle with. So sometimes I, I Bodhi, I little Bodhi, have a challenge with um, <laughs> the little me has a challenge like a, I don't want to say asserting myself but like disrupting harmony huh. this is a nice way there are many like in my chart there are a couple ways that I see it um, my son and uh, Venus were conjunct and right. also I'm on the cusp of Virgo rising in Libra so mm -hmm. it's like maybe I get a little where's your Chiron in Cancer right um so what I've been wanting to do is get more edgy in saying things, mm. in disrupting things to say something that's actually of value. Mm. And um, so they said, okay, if there's anything you're struggling with, bring a character in that doesn't have that issue. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, one day I, like, I'm wearing this like, corset and like, this long dress and a witch's hat, mm. and I'm like Veronique. Mm. And I'm like, hello, I'm Veronique, I'm uh, half Israeli, I'm half French, you know what I mean? <laughs> And I, uh, Bonnie was having a hard time saying what he really wants to say. He thinks someone is attractive, he doesn't tell them, he's afraid to hurt their feelings. I say what he wants to say. Uh. Right? And then, and then the, the invitation was, wherever you go through today, don't step out of character. When you poop, poop in character. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're even in connection with someone else, stay in your character. And it was so crazy. Oh, I feel like some weight falling off my chest as you're speaking about this. It was like, there was a girl that I was attracted to, and I wasn't sure if she liked me back, and there was this whole little story I was getting into, and this, suddenly I said in Veronique, who just arrived today, and didn't even know this girl, and all of a sudden it didn't even matter. Veronique didn't give a fuck about this girl. Wow. And it was, so there was some, something so powerful of like leaving my little universe, mm. Yeah, when I stepped back into Bodhi, it's like I actually integrated Veronique in. Mm. And so, like, I don't know, like, there's something happening, like, in the in the practice of reorienting. And there are, there are, like, physical practices that you can do. There are lots of practices that you can do to shift orientation. Mm -hmm. Am I oriented from the ego, or mm. am I oriented from the universe shining a light through my ego? Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow, 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 okay. Wait, I wanna, like, this invites me. I wanna explore this more. Because play with the archetypes, that's familiar to mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. borrowing the energy in which you wanna expand into. Beautiful. And this is what gods and goddesses offer to us. This is what astrology, astrological signs kind of offer us. Um, but I wanna go into what you just said. Where is this coming from, this invitation, this expansion? Why do I want to feel more confident and outspoken? Is it like, is it to improve my ego? Yeah. Or 
Or is it just for fun? Or for like, it's, it's funny. It's like I'm wearing, and like there's, two, again, there's two journeys happening at the same time. One journey is like, most of my life, I'm like trying to fix my clothes to make them look the nicest they can be. Mm. Which is like improving my ego. Mm. How can I self better? But then eventually, it's like whatever, through enough meditation or enough like stepping out of the ego, going on vacation to another place, I'm taking off my clothes mm. and they're eventually on the floor and I realize I'm still here. There's, there is something still here. Mm. And maybe that something is what's me. And then I can put my clothes back on. Mm. And after I put my clothes back on now, I realize that I'm not them. And so I can I can fix them up if I want to. But it's because I want to. Right. But it's like there's just less of a need yeah. to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's not even about what we do. It's really about how we do it. Yeah. And in a way, why we do it. Yeah. Is it because I love it? Like, there's a part of me that loves trying to be a better person. I love that. But where is it coming from? Is it because you're not good enough? Exactly. Or is it because there's more to explore and become and experience? Exactly. Is there a deep joy that's guiding Mm -hmm. me or is there a shame? And yeah, yeah. And we're back to the innocence. So innocent. And in that, there's freedom, which is what Sagittarius energy really wants to experience on all of the levels. To be free. To, like, there's such a difference when I make a mistake and I just feel shitty about it the rest of the day yeah. versus where I'm like, oh, cool. Either like I learned from that or whatever. I'm like, sometimes I make mistakes. I love you. Mm. Like, I mean, it's funny. It's like this whole journey. It's like leaving home to realize I was home the whole time. <laughs> it's like I go to India, I'm like meditating at this place, and then in the middle I start laughing, realizing that there's actually nowhere to go. <sighs> that like actually, plot twist, I was whole the whole time. That is a journey. The, the truth. And it has to be a journey sometimes. I love that you said it. It is a journey. And again, no judgment in all of the values. This is what I feel like Jinky so beautifully represents where they have like different aspects of a jinky. Mm. It's the shadow, the gift, and the city. And the city is like the most realized version of it. The gift is like an extra. It's a beautiful um, blooming of this. But but the shadow part is not less. It's not bad. It's not even... It can be unconscious, but it's just another stepping stone. Another yeah. part of the mosaic and the journey. Not less. We're not here to transcend it even. We're here to experience it, and through that, allowing it to crystallize to its finest form, to its essence. This is beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, there's this idea, it's like, we talked about this yesterday in Sagittarius, where it's like, it's about the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm living my life in a way where I'm actually just experiencing, and I find a joy Mm -hmm. in the experience of something, regardless of what the content is, yeah. Oh, discomfort. Awesome. <laughs> this is an experience. Yes. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> then maybe I get to the top of the mountain, maybe not, but at the end it was just a detail. Yes. It's like, oh, I guess I got to the top. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Um, I am aware of the time because Bodhi has a flight to catch. We're perfect. This is perfect. So maybe to start kind of transitioning this um, pull towards freedom and exploration, I wonder where do you feel it's guiding you right now? 
and what is your attitude towards that experience? What are you bringing? What is the intention? And perhaps even an invitation, because you just said it's not about the um, destination; it's about the journey. We hear that, but how? What is the embodiment that you are now undertaking in that? Yes, it's really beautiful. I so okay. So like the next stage of my life, I'm imagining something around. Like what I'm really passionate about is initiating individuals into a group body. So like people have a community building, but it's like really it's like creating incubators for a, a group of people who don't know each other to become one organism. Yeah. From separation to unity. Fully. And there are many things that a group body needs that an individual doesn't need as much, maybe. Mm. Like relational qualities, intimacy, things like this. There's a lot of things as a group of people come together to make one person, let's say, or one body. And so the next stage of my life, I'm imagining, is starting to like sharpen that. Mm -hmm. um, which means I found a, a beautiful group of people where we're going to go through that journey. Um, experience! <laughs> so, so to have the experience and then refine it yeah. and to support others, to birth communities in our world. Mm. So it's like the next stage is, like for me, it's really like to, like to create a new culture. Where <sighs> joy and curiosity replace shame, where like people's bodies are welcome to be themselves, um, where, like, where we can make love and that's a joyous thing, where we can explore yeah, like I, I want to plant seeds of a new culture. And then when I say I want to, it's like maybe this is what I've been doing my entire life anyway, but this will be like a deepening mm. into building a new culture through living it with a group of people. Yeah, like. I'm just like in awe of the unraveling of your chart, you know, the Pisces moon that just that feels like that unity, that oneness, consciousness. It's so natural to your emotional flow and relating to the world. And then the path of becoming with your Sagittarius sun, especially in conjunction with Venus, it's really about, okay, but what is the truth of that? How can we shift the belief systems? Not even shift the lower frequencies, but just like actually going to the experience of the potentials through the practicality of your North Node in Capricorn and the details and, yeah, again, very tangible aspects of your Virgo ascendant it has to be grounded it has to be grounded and accessible yeah like it can't be like okay this is only for people who have a lot of money or have learned this it's like a really and are privileged to even think about these things fuck that that is beyond survival right it's like i want anyone to have access to that wants to be able to live a life that is like whatever like truly theirs and when I say truly theirs, I mean just like, just like a little bit more free. But also um, releasing the judgment of what is our per perception of what a good life is. I feel like so often, especially, you know, Westerns, West, Western, la, 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 la. Westerns, Westerns? Westerners. Westerners. <laughs> yes, yes. Come to places like Indonesia, Bali, the third world <laughs> countries to help and make it better but it's like fuck like that is such a uh, a limited view yes on, on, on what makes a meaningful life mm. 
So creating spaces where there can, there can be diversity for all of those um, flows to coexist. Where you can really feel safe enough to be authentic. Really, that's what it's like. It's just like bringing people into the universe's authentic expression through their flavor. Mm. I feel like this is what astrology helps us with. Fully. What's your flavor? Okay, let's let's. That's great. Yeah. How do we how do we bring you more into you? Exactly, and also the perspective of human design that shows you that you actually don't have the energy in your body to not be who you are, or like to be something mm -hmm. that you're not. That's powerful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess this is yeah, this is at the essence of the freedom, the exploration of just allowing yourself to unravel to yourself. Turns out that's where the gold is inside. And thank you for being such a beautiful embodiment of that. It's really, really oh, it fills my heart with so much joy to be able to witness you on this journey and just to know of your existence, you know, those people that you have in your life that just like whenever you think of them, it's just like, ah, the space station of love. <laughs> I'm like blushing. <laughs> we're gonna cry now. Yeah, we're gonna take a couple minutes to cry and then catch a flight and then I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for sitting here on the floor drinking tea and cacao with me. Some ants are joining the party. Uh -huh. All beings welcome. There's literally no place I'd rather be. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, just like, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that the Bodhi coming? <laughs> like whenever you need that little bit, <laughs> the Bodhi from the time machine is gonna come. It's all good. Hey, it's all good. This is okay, too. <sighs> it's all good, baby. It's all good. <laughs> I hope this was a beautiful ride for you. And because Bodhi was rushing to the airport when we recorded this conversation, I totally forgot to ask him how people can find him and interact with him and uh, play with him. Um... I am putting all of the links in the show notes below. There is the website under the Bodhi Tree dot eight B dot I O. I know show notes below, uh, but you can also meditate with him. He's such an amazing guide, and you can find him at insighttimer.com under Sam Khan, or I think Bodhi Samuel is also what you can search for. And he has his podcast too, which is pretty epic. It's also ca called Under the Bodhi's Tree. So adorable. Um, yeah, and make sure to find him on Instagram, m.bodiment. Bodiment. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And if you wish to share what this episode brought to you or what it sparked inside of you, if you wish to connect with me further, Feva Cristina is where I'm at, also CosmicExplorations.com. There are new offerings on the horizon going much more tantric and shamanic than I have before. Got some awakening on this side of the, <laughs> of the life spectrum, whatever. Um, and also... 
Cosmic Ash Library is live. It's a really beautiful and potent self-paced online programs. It's an abundance of them and you can get the whole fucking package with lifetime access for an extremely affordable rate because I really want this to be accessible to everyone and anyone. So yeah, an abundance of gifts from Cosmic Ass Universe. I love you and can't wait to connect with you some more.